Good morning, this is Chris Shoemaker, also known as Yehuda Ben Shomer, and you're listening to Coffee with Chris, the time of the day where we share a cup of coffee and share a bit of the Word of God. Thank you so much for joining me on this Thursday morning for a hot cup of coffee and a hot cup of the Word of God. We are in the Torah portion of Mechetz, which means at the end, and today's Sidra, today's Aliyah, takes place in Genesis chapter 42, verse 19, all the way to chapter 43, verse 15, but let's hang out in chapter 42 and read 19 and 20. It goes like this. If you're honest, let one of your brothers remain as a prisoner in the guardhouse where you have been. Now, this is Joseph, whom his brothers don't recognize. They only see him as the viceroy of Egypt. And so Joseph is saying to his brothers, if you're honest, let one of your brothers remain as a prisoner in the guardhouse where you have been while you go, while you go and bring grain for your for the hunger of your homes. And your youngest brother bring to me so that your words can be verified and you won't die. And so they did. Now, what was, what was this big runaround that Joseph was given his brothers? Well, his brothers were the ones that hated him and sold him into slavery. Little did they know that God was behind all this. And Joseph rose to power from a slave, uh, from a prisoner to the viceroy of Egypt. But yet they didn't recognize him. And before he was going to uh, reveal himself, his true identity to his brothers and bring him back into his family, so to speak, his his circle of influence, he wanted to know if his brothers are truly repentant and his brothers are changed. He wants to know if they're treating uh, his little brother Benjamin bad like they treated him or if they've included him as a full-fledged brother in the family. And so he's putting them through all these tests. Now, that's all to say it's okay to have someone prove that they've changed. A lot of people come and say, oh, but, but but you need to believe me. You need to accept me. I've changed. I've truly changed. You know, we want to give the person the benefit of the doubt. We want to believe them. But sad to say, we need to have a little proof there, right? And that's what church restoration is all about when someone repents and returns from being excommunicated. When somebody... Uh, you know, is is unrepentant and they're living in willful sin within the church, it's the responsibility of the body of Messiah and of the church leaders and elders to excommunicate that person if by three times they don't get a repentance from that person. They go uh, privately by themselves, then they take a few others with them, and then they bring it before the elders of the church. If it doesn't work, then they just let them go. They cut them loose. And that's not to say that they're going to treat that person badly or be mean to them, but they're going to shun them and, and, and you know, treat them as if they are no longer a part of that body, that congregation, which they aren't. And that's to give them time to think about what they've done, think about how they're living, and to help them to understand and realize the good things that they've given up, the good things that they've had to forfeit as a result of their living in willful sin. And so if in that process they think, you know what, I really screwed things up, you know, I want to go back to my my uh, church family, then they have every right to go back. And when they do, they have to repent, uh, say they're sorry, and submit themselves unto the elders of the church and go through whatever process they deem is necessary for them to prove themselves and to be restored. And so restoration is the ultimate goal of excommunication not a permanent shunning. And so whenever, not only in church, but in our lives, if you have a falling out with somebody or if somebody stabs you in the back and then they say, oh, I'm sorry, can we be friends again? 
well, sure, but you kind of, you know, I've lost trust. You kind of got to prove it to me. It's the same with a marriage. If there's infidelity in the, in the marriage, then that uh, offending party in the marriage has to prove themselves that they're faithful. And they may have to jump through some hoops, and it may take time, and it may be annoying. But when you've lost trust, that's really, really super hard to get back. So I just want to let you know that it's okay that you require other people in circumstances such as that to prove themselves. You just don't want to bring somebody into your life just because they claim that they've repented and changed and are sorry. They need to prove themselves. That's just like Jacob and Esau. You know, Esau needed to prove himself to Jacob. He didn't meet uh, the standards or come up to snuff. And so when Esau invited him home to see her, he's like, nah, I still don't believe you. This is fishy. You're a toxic person. I'm going the opposite direction. I'm leaving your butt behind. I'm not going to let you back in to my life because you're going to cause some damage because you're truly not changed. He did not prove himself. So, guys, thanks so much for listening. Go out there and have a great day. Shalom and God bless.